Okay. Okay, we got to jump into this. Open up your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18. Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18. Hey, if we're going to stay with this old school theme, it's, it's just the suit. Just say amen when you found it. <laughs> this is what it used to sound like being in church a long time ago. I'm saying this to all the new converts here who this is the only church. This is what it used to sound like. When the pastor would say, open up your Bibles to Proverbs 19, 18, it would sound like this. You don't hear that anymore because the devil got you on your phone all day. (laughs) Okay, okay, okay. (laughs) Hey, listen, if you ever needed any proof of the demonic, just wait to read your Bible on your phone and your ex text you. You know, that, that person that you thought you got rid of is like, hey, girl. And you're reading Proverbs 31 while, while they text you. Okay. Proverbs 29. Chapter 29, verse 18, where there is no prophetic vision, the people, they cast off restraint, but blessed is he who keeps the law. Now, Jesus did not come to abolish the law. He came to fulfill it. So there, there, listen, there is still a right and a wrong way according to God's ways. And so it says this, where there is no prophetic vision, the people, they cast off restraint, but blessed is he who keeps the law. And so I want to read from another translation. Let's look at this together. Proverbs twenty nine eighteen. If people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. Woo! If the people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves but when they attend to what he reveals, they are the most blessed. Oh, did you get some insight? When you, okay, just take a look at this preacher in my beady little Italian eyes. If, if you can't see what God's doing, you'll let your feelings tell you what's happening. Oh. If you can't see it, then you'll be led by what you can feel because you can't see. Oh, if you can't feel it, then I'll come over here to this because my leaders are over here and I know they're taking notes. If you can't see it and you can't feel it, you'll be led by what you hear. And see, this scripture talks about prophetic vision. And see, what God wants to help you understand is that sometimes you're going to hear the doctor say the cancer is terminal. Sometimes you're going to feel like you're just stuck in life and you're not moving to the next stage. But see, if you'll be led by what you see that God is doing, you'll live the most blessed. How many of y'all want to be the most blessed? That's what the word says. Okay, I want to go a little bit deeper, but before I do, I feel like some of you are not understanding yet, so I want to take you to a sacred place. Now listen, this is my temple, the house of God, the Casa de Dios. But my wife, she has a temple. And it's called Target. Keep that up. Keep that up. Keep that up. Because we're, we're about to open up the altars. It's deliverance time. Now, I want to show you something about this picture. This happened Friday night to me. I was victimized by consumerism. And look at this. Look at this mess. Now, I want to show you what's happening because we got to dissect this vision. See, my wife... She doesn't know. I'm so sorry, Julie. I didn't tell her I was going to do this. Y'all pray for me. It's Vision Sunday. So I'm so grateful to be back preaching, man. I miss preaching. So it's like group therapy. So my wife, 
um, doesn't know what she wants. Matter of fact, if I said, hey, what do you want from Target? She will tell me, oh, I don't know. But see, a man... um, Now, look, they're forming alliances, if you can hear that. Listen, I need to know where my men are at, because I'm going to have to have a strong... Okay, there we go, okay. So, okay, there we go, there we go. They're louder. I don't know if they're wiser, smarter, or better, but they're louder. So when you look at this picture... See, my wife doesn't know. Now, a man, I only go to a store when I know what I want. It's the complete opposite. And see, when I, when I, when I walk into that store, I, I walk in that store, I go straight for it, and I get annoyed if I go one aisle in the wrong direction. That's how a man thinks. And I'm like, yo, now literally I have nothing else planned. I'm just going to go back home and watch more Netflix. But Heaven forbid I spend 37 seconds longer in that store than I should. My wife, on the other hand, she goes to Target to get vision. <laughs> it's a, it's a, see, and now listen, now look, now I want to show you what's happening in this picture, and I can't spend too much time on this. In her hand, I won't tell you what multinational demonic company of coffee is in her hand, but that company's got a mind control over her that needs to be broken in Jesus' name. And she's holding it with two hands like, my precious. Like, this is how you hold a baby, not a cup of coffee. And, some, and now she's looking down. Now I want you to look. You know what this looks like to me? Trash. All this. She is looking at trash affectionately, holding a coffee, and she's like, I don't know what I'm going to do with plastic rods, but I feel like because I see it, I need it. And my house is full. And so what slowly begins to happen is my house starts looking like their, their, their house. You can take that picture down because I'm where I have to go to marriage counseling. Okay. Now... <laughs> Now, I oblige, I oblige. (laughs) But what I've come to learn is that the reason why the church is so vital is because for many of you, you don't have vision until you get here. (laughs) And so if you can't beat Target, turn into one. Because you're going to come into this house and you're going to see something that you never thought you were going to see and you never thought was for you. And God is immediately going to open your eyes and create a desire for it. See, some of you came here and said, I didn't think I ever could be a worship leader until you saw somebody else leading worship and you said, it's my time. See, some of you never had vision to be a preacher, but you said, you know, if God can use a clown like Mike, I'm sure he can use me. Some of you guys, you never had vision to do the things you're doing, but there's something about when you come into the house of God. There's something about when we unite in worship. There's something about when you hear the people get prophetic vision and see what the Bible says is if people, if they can't see what God's doing, they stumble all over themselves. It doesn't say Long Island's the problem because it's too expensive. It says they stumble over themselves because they can't see what God's doing on Long Island. It doesn't say that, that your ex-husband who is driving you crazy and still posting nonsense on Facebook and Instagram, that he's the problem. It says if you can't see what God's doing, you stumble over yourself. And what I want to tell you is this, and this, I actually think this is good news. The Lord will take care of your enemies, but you got to actually steward and take care of the vision. If you'll see what God's doing, then you will not be your own barrier to its fulfillment. 
See, I, I came here, launched this church four and a half years ago, and I'm gonna make some crazy announcements about what God's doing before we even go into year five. But I will tell you this, God wants to remove you as your own barrier. He wants to remove you as your own barrier. Oh, this is such a good word. You'll still love me by the time it's over. You know, the people of Israel were their own barrier. They were out in the wilderness, and they started complaining, grumbling, murmuring. They were upset at their leader, Moses. I know none of you guys ever get upset with me. And all of a sudden, Moses was like, God, I don't know what to do. I've tried my best. And the Lord, not the devil, the Lord caused snakes to come up out of the ground, poisonous snakes. The Lord. What about the reckless love of God, though? How many of you know that his love is on display with discipline? Come on. Some of you want a sugar daddy, not a heavenly father. Come on now. Let's keep it 100. We're in New York here. You're praying to your, that's why the atheists call him Sky Daddy, because that's how we treat him. I, I, I wonder if the atheists are right, he, to, to, but he's not a Sky Daddy. He, he actually is your heavenly father, and he'll correct you, he'll rebuke you, he'll train you, he'll teach you because he loves you. And so these venomous snakes come up out of the ground. And they begin to get bitten by these snakes. And it's one of the most peculiar stories in scripture because they go to Moses and they're like, hey, we're, we're poisoned by these snakes and you need to go to God and see how, what can we do. And this is what it says in Numbers chapter 21, verse eight and nine. It says, when the Lord said to Moses, now this is God's response to venomous, venomous, uh, just these snakes biting them and poisoning them. Make a snake image and mount it on a pole. When anyone who is bitten looks at it, he will recover. So Moses made a bronze snake and mounted it on a pole. Whenever someone was bitten and he looked at the bronze snake, he recovered. Now, if you go back to the story of Moses saying, let my people go to Pharaoh when they were still back in Egypt. Do you guys remember the story about how the staff was turned into a snake and then it would be turned back into a staff? Well, I'm going to teach you how if you want to do that trick, because in ancient times, there was a certain breed of snake that the, the soothsayers, the enchanters, the magicians, they would take that snake and swirl it above their head. I almost brought one to do an illustration. And they would swirl it above their head. And as they would do that, it would draw all the blood to the brain of that snake and cause a paralysis and the snake to go stiff. And they would throw it down to the ground and it would be completely stiff. And then after several moments, the blood would return and the snake would come back to life. So when Moses came and did that same trick, they, the enchanters and the magicians, they assumed that Moses was just doing the same thing. But the difference was Moses' snake, it literally, in the Bible gives an account, it actually consumed and physically ate the other snakes. How many of you know that God's vision will always eat demonic vision? How many of you know that God's plans will always eat human plans? And see, God's never going to be outmatched. You don't have to worry about that. So now we're here in another episode. Now they're not in bondage or in slavery, but they've got to this place of complaining and murmuring. And so the Lord's trying to deal with them and show them that you're not punished you're not punished uh, for your sins. You're punished by your sins. I've made a way of redemption. But when you complain and you murmur and you talk like that, there is a recompense for stepping outside of praise and into grumbling. 
And for many of us, we've been like that. And we're complaining because we lost sight of what God is doing. And you know why it's so easy to lose sight of what God's doing? Because you all have been convinced that you are the one that's going to make it happen in your own life. The gospel message is that the only thing you'll ever bring is filthy rags. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. And when you start being convinced that you're the one that's going to make it happen, you'll find yourself being bit. All of humanity bit by a venomous snake, bit by sin, bit by complaining, murmuring, bit by the lack of vision. In the Garden of Eden, there was also a serpent. What was the problem? It was God's vision versus human vision. It was him saying, God didn't really mean it like that. He perverted. And when Adam and Eve couldn't see what God was doing, they cast off restraint. Who's getting a revelation? See, you've got to be able to see what God's doing. Now, I want to go a little bit deeper. Can I go a little bit deeper with you? So the thing that I need you to help you understand is like, why would you ever get bit by a snake, poisoned by a snake, and then a merciful good God cause you to look at a bronze snake on a pole? Doesn't that seem like a form of cruelty? Doesn't it seem like a weird form? You would expect God to say, just go back to the people, Moses, tell them to repent and to pray, and then I'll re- the snakes will go back into the ground. But see, instead what he said was, you've got to actually look at it. And if you look at the snake, if you stand right in front of it, then you will actually be healed and cured of the venom that's inside of you. And the revelation that I want to propose to you today is that some of you have not learned the truth true message of the cross of Jesus Christ is that we are not going to ignore it any longer. We're going to look at it. We're going to look at the sin. See, some of us are trying to run away when we're trying to change our zip code when Jesus is trying to change the direction of our affections. He's trying to turn us towards the cross. And see, here's the biggest revelation I came to bring you today because we're talking about Vision Sunday. And it would be so easy for me to hype you up talking about how this church needs a building. But this church church doesn't need a building. This church needs a vision to look to the snake. And you're like, look to the snake. What do you mean? When we look to the snake, what they were saying is, see, I deserve that death. I deserve this because of who I've been. But there's redemption when you look at it. There's redemption when you don't ignore it anymore. And let me just tell you this. Let me tell you a little something about Long Island in Northwest Indiana. There's a heroin epidemic. There's an opiate epidemic, but we sweep it underneath the rug and we've got this huge lump in the rug and we're trying to convince everybody that just because we have a manicured lawn that we don't have a problem with heroin and then people are pointing at that lump other under the rug and they're saying isn't that a snake and that snake's squirming around and we're saying no there's no snake and then you go to church and they're too afraid to confront things and so nobody wants to look at the snake we got a problem with suicide. We've got young people who are being convinced in public school systems that God doesn't exist, and you can't hardly tell them the truth. The truth gets censored on every Google and Facebook platform, and then we take secular humanistic worldviews and the philosophies that are producing these suicides, and we inject and pump them into every movie and everything that they consume and watch, and when you stand there indignant, saying, isn't that a snake? the world will say no that's the true way to blessing but we know it's the way to death 
And here's the thing that our church is going to do. Because when you become a doctor or you become a nurse, you don't spend 12 years studying about buildings. You spend some time learning the human body because you can see the woundedness of humanity in your community. And you say, because I've got a vision to be a healer, I'm going to need a a building to heal. And this church doesn't need a building. It needs a church with a vision of healing. A church that says no matter what you're going through. I've got the answer. If you'll open up your ears to hear, it's been Jesus and it'll always be Jesus. And I don't care what your teacher says, but you got a pastor now, not just a teacher. And I'm going to name Jesus. We're going to look to the snake. Every pastor does Vision Sunday and hypes up the people about what we're going to get. No, it's what we're going to do. They're going to be forced to give us buildings when so many people are healed that we shut down the doctor's office across the street because the great physician is here in the room. I have a vision for healings happening in Brooklyn, healings happening on Long Island, healings happening around the world. And so we're going to look at the snake. If you look, you live. If you look at the thing that hurts you, if you look at the thing that bit you, I know I don't want to look at my past. I don't, I don't even, Pastor Mike, I don't even want to, I don't even want to think about who I used to be, but I'm here to tell you, if you look, you live. If you look, you live. Oh, Pastor Mike, I I don't want to go back to that place. I've been trying to drink everything I could drink to forget about it, but I'm telling you, if you turn around and, and look, you'll live. If you look, you live. Pastor Mike, I'm barely here at this church because of how much I got hurt at that church. I don't want to think about what was done to me, but if you look, you live. The vision that I want to give you is the cross. I want you to, I want you to see the cross. I want you to look at your deadbeat husband. It's the barrier to your salvation. But if you could see what God is doing, you won't stumble over yourself on the way to the cross. Oh, Lord, I feel this. If I, want you to, I want you to look at your singleness and the world is telling you, oh, it's going to be another Valentine's Day alone. And I want you to get a vision of the cross and see what God's doing because he's preparing you while he's preparing your mate. If you look, you live. If you look, you live. I want you to see this cross when you think about your physical conditions, the things in your body that have not been healed no matter how much you pray and fast. I want you to look at the snake. If you look, you live. There's a snake on a pole. Isn't it amazing that in every medical community, what's their sign? A snake on a pole. If you look, you live. Church, if you look, you live. See, there's no more running anymore. There's no more sweeping it out on the rug anymore. There's no more ignoring it anymore. Can I say one last thing? There's no more counterfeit comforts anymore. See, the See, when they were trying to soothe themselves from the bite of the snake, that poison, I can imagine there are people who are saying, well, suck it out with your mouth. There are people who are saying, just apply this. See, they got to Moses by the time they realized there's no remedy for the pain and there's no remedy for the death that it produces. And then he said, there's one way. If you look, you live. The vision of this church, and I want you to hear this today, is that for this year, We are going to be the answer to the problems that we see in the world. 
we are going to rise up and say, God, if you can do it, do it through me. In John chapter three, verse 14 and 15, it says, just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, this is the words of Jesus Christ himself. It says, so the son of man must be lifted up so that everyone believes in him will have eternal life. See, the Israelites looked at a snake on a pole to be healed from poisonous venom, but we look to the savior on the cross to be healed from the poison of our own sin. They were given an injunction against immediate physical death. And today we are saved from spiritual death and we are granted eternal life. And so I want you to stand on your feet with me right now because this is gonna be a holy moment in your life. Yes, we are announcing on Vision Sunday some incredible things that God is doing. But I'm not here to sell you hype. I'm here to give you a vision of the cross. When you think about going back to that counterfeit That counterfeit comfort. When you think about going back, I want you to see the cross where Jesus is saying, I've already dealt with it. Daughter, I I want you to experience a love you've never experienced. I want you to know me in a way that you didn't even think was possible beyond religion or tradition. So yes, we're announcing some amazing things like The V1 Church app now has connect groups integrated with the chat and the messaging functions in the mobile app, which is crazy. And so, yes, I'm coming up here preaching you silly, but I'm telling you, we're working actively on simulcast across all campuses, which will unite our band and the sermon from Indiana, Brooklyn, and here on Long Island and around the world. So, yeah, I'm excited about these things. I'm excited that from now on, there's not gonna be long lines checking our kids in at all of our locations because we're debuting pre-check for kids that you can check in from home before you get there and pick up your tags. That's amazing, I love it. And guess what? This is probably my favorite favorite announcement. WhatsApp is going away and we're bringing the communication into our own V1 Church mobile app. I love how you clap the loudest for that. And last but not least, one of our major announcements is that this summer, V1 Church, and I'm talking to you, has selected locations and dates from June to September where we, from all campuses, all locations, we're going on tour and bringing V1 pop-up services, not only nationally, but internationally starting this summer. And while all that is amazing, While all that is amazing, the thing that I've got to get in your heart is if you get excited about pre-check but lose a vision of the cross, it doesn't matter because the YMCA has a children's program. What makes ours different is we don't make bad kids good. We take kids who are spiritually dead and they come alive through Jesus Christ. If you get excited about a mobile app but you forget about the cross, then you've missed the whole message and that's why our vision is the cross. But here's what I've got to tell you. I can't do it. I can't do it. There's something that's got to rise up inside of you that says, Pastor Mike, it starts with me. It starts with me. I'm going to look at the snake. I'm not going to ignore it. I'm not going to let the world teach our kids, but me not sign up to teach our kids in the children's church. I'm not going to let the world sing their songs like Daniel in in, uh, Nebuchadnezzar's courts. Watch that every day before they bow down to the idol, guess what it started with? The procession of music. See how Satan 
Satan is a counterfeiter, there's got to be something that rises up in you and says, it starts with me. I'm joining the band. I'm stepping in. Can somebody just shout, it starts with me. There's got to be something kicking on the inside of you that says, I'm about to be dangerous. I'm going to sign up for 3P, prayer, prophecy, and preaching. And if I don't get asked to preach on this stage, I'm going to go preach out on that stage on every street corner because it starts with me. Can somebody just shout, it starts with me. Come on. There's got to be something inside of you. When I first got asked to preach, I was a teenager, and when I didn't get opportunities to preach, every Sunday after church was over, I went over to my Puerto Rican friend's house because his mom made the best Puerto Rican rice. Praise God, I feel the anointing. And we would eat lunch, and then we would go into East Chicago's harbor, and we would minister to gang members. There would be drive-bys happening two blocks away, and I would say, do you hear those bullets? That could be your life. Choose you this day who you'll serve. I preach some of my most powerful moments on the streets. I don't respect somebody who waits to get an assignment in the church if you won't go out to the streets. It starts with me. It starts with me. And so I've got something for you. I've got Acts chapter 19 stirring in my gut. Acts chapter 19, the apostles were multi-site simulcast. This was their original simulcast. For real, I'm going to send an epistle into Decapolis and you guys read it. I got to get this message to all the groups. It's in, simulcast isn't nothing new. It's 2,000 years old. And I believe that as we're connecting these campuses and we're going to this next level, I kept seeing a vision of Acts chapter 19. Now, let me tell you what happened in Acts 19. They didn't have Facebook. They didn't have YouTube. They didn't have cell phones. And so the apostles were saying, how do I connect the people by anointing, by the oil of God? How do we connect them in such a way that they feel empowered and that that anointing will reach them, that oil will touch them? And I don't know whose idea it was because we don't have this in scripture, but it says in Acts chapter 19, the apostles distributed handkerchiefs. And as the handkerchief touched them, they were physically healed and demons came out of them. And, and see, this is funny because most of you have been going to church your whole life and never heard about Acts chapter 19 because preachers like to delete the weird things, but then our kids will go after the occult and witchcraft for weird things. And so listen, there is no power in the handkerchief, but it represented a point of contact. See, a light switch doesn't have power, but it becomes a conduit for power when you flip the switch. And so when that handkerchief would touch them, it became like the light switch moment. And so the Lord gave me a vision for today. And it's, I'm, I'm exchanging handkerchiefs for keychains. And I'm going to do something weird right now. Because I have a vision of the cross. And I believe that you're about to step into this thing with me. Do we have our team ready? Are they ready? Are you guys ready with the keychains? They're ready? Here's what I want to do. Let's get the house lights all the way up. And I want to do this. I want to, no, just hear me out before we do it. I have a vision across all of our locations, all of our services, that I'm going to distribute this keychain like Acts chapter 19's handkerchiefs. And on this keychain, it says, it starts with me. Oh, I feel the power of God. 
and I want you to put this on your keychain for the rest of this year. And when depression tries to tell you that you're an idiot, you're stupid, you're never going to do anything great, you look at this impartation of the anointing and you say, no devil, it starts with me. I'm the bloodline curse breaker in my family. I'm the first. It starts with me. You will not have me like you had them. This is a prophetic symbol in your life. When when the devil tells you, you'll, you'll never have a house, you'll never be successful, you'll never step in, I want you to look at it and say every curse of poverty and lack is broken off my life it starts with me so here's what I want you to do I want you guys to come up to the altar and, it, and we're not all gonna fit but try to come in and come grab your keychains and I want to pray over all of you at the same time so you can come out of your seats now if you're watching online just type in it starts with me now when you get your keychain try to stay up here let's just filter and we're gonna make a big family moment we're gonna have a big family moment together so get your keychains and then smush all the way up to the front of the stage. So everybody try to pack in. All right, so just take your keychain. Some of you may even feel a tangible release of the anointing when you receive your keychain because it's a point of contact. Yeah, let's just filter and we're going to make a big family photo to end service because we're going to pray together. It starts with me. You're a world changer. You're a movement maker. You will do it. You will do it. Come on. I'm just, you need to dream bigger now. You got this far. Dream bigger. Come on, receive it. Yes. Come on, you're going to release. You're about to multiply. I see your hands multiplying in the spirit other people branching out multiplications all over you come on it starts with me can you guys flow these keychains back to that line real quick praise God come on Herman you unlocked a gift for supernatural healing and God is about to grow it exponentially this year exponentially matter of fact I want to say something over you Herman the gift of healing I want you to continue to be obedient to use that gift because I see people from the north, south, east, and west coming to New York to seek out that gift on your life. I see them seeking you out, saying, I've got to be prayed for by Herman. Yes, yeah, some of you, I want you to come on, bless you, sister. The anointing's all over her. Okay, did everybody get a keychain? You guys did? Okay, so I want you to just, as a sign of faith, just hold it up towards heaven. And I'm going to pray for you together. Come on. This is a physical point of contact. It starts with you. Oh, what a beautiful moment. Come on, there's breakthrough. Father, I pray over every single person represented on divine appointment, the bloodline curse breakers, the first in their family. It starts with them. You're releasing them into their calling, releasing them into their destiny, releasing them into their purpose. I thank you that the body of Christ, every finger, every toe, every ear, every eye has its purpose. And Lord, I release the anointing now from the top of their heads to the soles of their feet, God, that they will be changed in this moment like Jacob was changed to Israel, like Saul was changed to Paul. Lord, change them in this moment. I praise you. I thank you in Jesus' name. And B1 Church, shout it. Come on, let's say.